From OnFail Muse, stories that connect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Montvale Muse. I'm your host, Joe DeProspero, and before we get started, I wanted to sincerely thank everybody who reached out and offered their feedback on our debut episode with Michael Orth. Uh, you're never entirely sure how a podcast, video, email, uh, really any method of communication will be perceived until it's out there being consumed and people are reacting to it. Uh, so please keep the feedback coming. Uh, and if you haven't yet heard our Maiden episode, I encourage you to go back and listen, uh, either via the webpage or Apple or Stitcher podcast, depending on what kind of device you have. Michael's enthusiasm is absolutely infectious. I'm glad it resonated with so many of you. And I promise if you go back and listen, you'll find yourself smiling and even laughing throughout. So our guest today is one of those people who sees adversity and finds a way around it. A manager on the audit marketing team, Elaine Santiago, is a single mom who adopted a son and battled breast cancer, all with a little help from her KPMG family. So I sat with Elaine to discuss the trials and tribulations of life as a single working mother, her courageous cancer battle, and little tricks she employs to make the most out of her PTO time. Elaine, thank you for joining us on the Montville Muse. I have had so many enlightening, energizing conversations with you off the air that it is high time that I had you on the air with a mic in front of you. So welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. No problem. So if you could start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do for the firm. Sure. I'd be happy to do that. Well, I've been with this year. I'll be with the firm uh, 22 years. I'm right now with the audit marketing practice. So I help promote our audit practice. I primarily work with our technical accounting partners in the New York office, and I help manage the CFO financial forum webcast program. 22 years. Make me feel like Boy, that went fast. <laughs> <laughs> so as you've said before, you check many boxes for us on the podcast. Uh, you're a single working mother of an adopted son, you're on an alternative work arrangement. You're also a cancer survivor. Uh, this doesn't come across in a podcast, but my eyes widen every time I say that out loud. Uh, bring us back to before any of those boxes were checked. Uh, what were you doing here at the firm? And tell me about the moment you realized you were about to become a mom in the process to get there. Well, actually, um, quite a number of years ago, I, I had actually had an ectopic pregnancy and couldn't you know, get pregnant naturally. So I uh, faced that issue. Um, I then, my then husband and I, at the time, we decided to just wait and stop and wait a couple of years and see what we were going to do. We did end up eventually a couple of years later deciding to start the adoption process to look into see what we had to do. So um, my husband at the time had a client who put us in touch with Bethany Christian Services, a local adoption agency. So um, that's actually how we got started, um, worked with them for a number of years, ended up um, adopting a baby through that organization. Um, while we were doing that, you know, I just wanted to get you know, full deep into learning more about adoption. I'm actually adopted myself. I was raised by an aunt. Um, so I started leading a local adoption support group nearby. So that helped a lot. We brought in guest speakers. So I, I myself learned a lot about while I was helping others, I also learned a lot about the process. Um, and it took us a couple of years to adopt through that or organization. And we did eventually adopt my uh, son, who is now 12 years old, uh, my son, Christian. How was the process to find Christian? Because I know that can include a lot of hurdles that many people who haven't gone through the process don't know. Yeah, yeah, it 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 it's a tough one. It's a very emotional process, you know, realizing that you thought you were going to start a family one way and you can't do that and you have to look at other options. Um 
So it was a lot of emotional angst getting through that. Um, once we did decide and we worked with that agency, we were just always optimistic. Um, we held on to our faith. So we were strong, strong belief in our faith that everything would work out. Um, it, it did take a while. It takes a couple of years. You have to go through background checks. They interview you. Um, we had to put um, a book together that potential birth mothers could look at to get to know us a little bit because they actually will try to get to know you in some way and decide where they want to place their child. So we actually did that. One of the things that I did, maybe a little different from others, is I actually um, I sent a letter to a lot of friends, and I asked them to tell us why they thought we'd be good parents. And I actually incorporated a lot of that into the book. I like that. So that's one of the things we did. But it's a very long process, and you really, you really have to be patient. We had the attitude that we knew we would adopt. We didn't know when, but we knew we would, so we stayed positive throughout the throughout the process. Describe the moment when you found out you were going to become a mother. We were presented with a couple of um, situations where we may adopt a baby. Some of the situations weren't right for us. Um, when we finally did get presented with one that was my going to end up to be my son, um, we actually met the birth mother. Um, and the day that we met her, it was actually the day of a a KPMG Christmas party was that night. So I know when we came back, a couple of my close friends were asking me, what's going on? Did you meet her? What happened? So everything went well during the interview. We met her. We didn't know if it would go any further, but um, did the best we could to present who we were and why we wanted to adopt and so forth. So um, we actually, I think maybe within a week or two weeks, we found out that she liked us and she chose us to be the adoptive parents for a Christian. So um we were so excited, and then we literally, when we got that call, we had about a week's notice that we were going to become parents. So it was a little crazy. So funny story, I was actually uh, grabbed a couple of people then. I worked at, over at the GSC then, the Global Services Center at the time it was called that. And I just grabbed a couple of friends, pulled them in a room, and I said, I'm going to be a mother in about a week. What do I buy? What do I get? How many do I buy? So it was just a little bit crazy, but um, you don't have a whole lot of preparation. But you know, at that point, you're just so excited and you've been through so much and it's such a long waiting process. You'll, you're just like, I'll figure this out and you just keep going forward. So. so how essential were the firm's support resources for working parents when you needed them the most? Yeah, yeah. The firm was um, fantastic in many different ways. Of course, financial support. They offer support for adoption. They also offered assistance at the time with a local um, right near our Montvale office with um, – a daycare center. So they helped with that. So that was a huge help. Working a flexible schedule, um, the hours that I chose that were best for me. Um, working at home at that time, I was working home one day a week. So that was a huge help. Um, I had a really supportive uh, PML. So that helped a lot. Um, and there was other fun things that I got involved with at the time, um, KPMG. And I think we still have it. We had Bring Your Babies to Work Day. Sure. So I brought Christian in. So, you know, a lot of folks would look forward to seeing him every year and watch him grow that um, I got Christian involved early on in Family Volunteer Day to learn community service. We still do that every year. So there's a lot of different ways. And of course, I think one of the most important things besides your support of PML is friends in the office. People have walked the walk, right? Mothers who are already have three or four kids and can tell you, you should do this, you need this, you might want to contact this, when to go to the doctors, right? When is the child, you know, that he'll be all right, or you really may want to go in for a visit. So things like that. So so friends in the office and colleagues were extremely supportive as well around the office. So I found that in times of uh, personal adversity in our lives, the company or firm we work for shows their true colors. Um, when you were diagnosed with cancer, how did you manage your son and career at the same time battling this disease? 
Well, for me, I think one of the most important things, and for anyone, is to really have supportive people around you. I had a very supportive PML. She actually was the person who actually referred me to the surgeon that I actually used at uh, Sloan Kettering in New York. So that was extremely helpful. I think some of the other things were, you know, a dialogue with your boss about once you know what the situation is and then where you're going and how you're going to treat it and so forth. I think working around the hours and what you're going to do. So for example, I had to go through chemo. So I would do chemo like on a Friday and then, um, you know, I didn't really have to take any other time off other than that Friday. I'd have that, that weekend, the days after for the weekend to get through that. So I think working those kinds of things, having an open dialogue with your boss. Um, one of my friends started a meal train for me and that was an enormous amount of help because I did have low energy and I was more tired. So that helped quite a bit, you know, and friends and family, my boss were all extremely supportive. Um, having been able to reach out to them was a huge help. Having been able to reach out to people who had actually been through it was enormous. I think till this day, I still occasionally will get a call for someone who gets diagnosed and is just kind of at wit's end or doesn't know what to do. So I'll reach out and kind of tell them what I went through and see if I can help in any way. So that still helps to this, still happens till this day. So, What advice would you give for someone who's currently at their desk, pulling their hair out, um, can't seem to find that, you know, elusive uh, balance, that harmonious place where both their careers and personal lives are uh, humming in unison. What would you say to that person? Yeah, you know, it's not easy. And I think all of us are doing a balancing act, right, of trying to balance whatever we have going on at work, stressful jobs, and all of the many commitments we have at home, whether that be whether we have children or not children, family members, parents we're caring for or going to see at different places if they don't live with us and things like that. So everybody's got a juggling act that they're dealing with, right? And everybody deals differently with stress. So I think some of the things you need to do are, I think once in a while you just need to step back and kind of reevaluate where you are. Um, <clears throat> is the current role I have, is it working for me, right? Um, is there a lot of travel in my role? Should I think about something else that keeps me home more, around the area more? I think another thing, there's plenty of things for people to get involved with, to remember to have fun. Um, there's lots of sports activities they have. A lot of the different networks here and diversity networks, the parenting network, all the different networks have all different lunch and learns and MSOs. I just attended one on sleep deprivation because I don't sleep well. So that was really helpful. So there's lots of things you can get involved with that are for your personal interests. I think you should always remember to ask friends and family for help when you're feeling overwhelmed, meaning just could somebody watch your child for an hour or two while you go for a walk, while you go take a yoga class, you go to the spa, you know, whatever you need to do. But I think you need to always ask for help when you need it. And I think that's one thing I learned from going through cancer is it's okay to ask people for help if you need it. And when friends say, is there anything I can do? They really mean it. They're not just saying it to say it. They really want to help you. So I think it's okay to ask for help. Um, I also think you should just take a mental health day off when you need it, right? We get lots of vacation here. Um, just take a day off, whether you do nothing, or whether you take a walk, you know, whatever you want to do. But I think you need to just step back and take a day off for yourself. Um, and one funny thing is, one funny thing that I do sometimes is, and I've done this, now my son's a little older, but what I've done in the past sometimes is taking a day off, but not tell him. I'll pretend I'm going to work so he doesn't know I'm off. So that's kind of one funny thing. So you actually get the day off to yourself. And again, I think just don't, you know, don't suffer in silence. Remember, the person next to you at work, you don't know what they're going through and they're trying to balance. So take advantage of the resources at, at work. Take advantage of friends and family. Ask for help. There's lots of, there's the EAP, right, the Employee Assistance Program that has lots of information on all different things people may be going through to balance work and life. So. 
Elaine, I think it's time we sped things up a bit, for it is now time for the lightning round portion of the podcast. Um, rapid fire, seven questions with five seconds to answer each one. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. If you could fly anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Spain. How many cubes or offices have you occupied? Take your best guess in your time here. Nine, roughly. Name a celebrity you admire. Oh, Michelle Obama. Without looking, how many photos do you have saved on your phone? 800? I don't know. Well, to check that later. <laughs> Who's the first person you call with good news? My sister. If you were deserted on an island and could only bring one band or artist to perform for you every day, who would it be? One band or artist? Luke Bryan. Favorite thing to eat when you're feeling sad? What's your comfort food? Oh, Tostitos. <laughs> <laughs> Can that go in the bloopers? <laughs> okay, this could take some time. Uh, in five words or less, offer advice to your younger self. Don't stress so much. Relax. Brush things off. That was more than five words, but I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll take the first five. I'll take the first five. You can edit it. Uh, Elaine, there, there's a, a famous quote, and I'm not sure who said it, that, you know, uh, people will forget what you said, what you did, and that they will uh, never forget how you made them feel. It's actually your Facebook it's, quote. Yeah. See, this is how much research it's I've done It's on my email podcast. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's possible that people five minutes after this or, you know, um, you know a week after this uh, will forget what we said on this podcast. But I, I really don't think that people will forget how you made them feel. And that's inspired. Um, inspired to keep pushing forward despite adversity, despite what uh, life throws at you. So I want to thank you for being such a great guest. Thank you, Joe. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the ModFail Muse. To self-nominate or to nominate a colleague to be a guest in the podcast, you can reach out to me via phone at 201-505-3485 or email at jdeprospero at kpmg.com. Thanks for listening.